Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with Abby Bitterman. The Sooners Extra Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Well, uh, Abby, let's start with a quick recap of uh, what we saw last week with Oklahoma's uh, win over Iowa State. Really, I, I think probably need to start with the, the atmosphere of that game. And Lincoln Riley brought it up on Monday when we asked him about uh, the the energy in the stadium. Um, it was a little bit different there. People clamor for night games, but uh, in, in the fourth quarter, that place wasn't really juiced up. No, people people were streaming out of that place. And I mean, like, I get it's late, but... You know, you can't you can't just get over, all over social media and everywhere and beg for a night game and then you get one. And I mean, and like Link, Lincoln Riley said, the players feel it when the place is hopping. And <laughs> do they feel? And do they can they tell when it's not? Yep. And it was a <laughs> the the look on his face when he said that they could tell when it when it wasn't hopping. It was. Yeah, there was there was definitely a message being sent there. Yes, it's our job as coaches and players that we we got to play to our level no matter what. I mean that's that is certainly our job, and I would never put that on our fans or anybody else's fans or any atmosphere, or any stadium. Now, the flip side of that, like I've said up here many times, we have a. One of the great stadiums in America. We have one of the great fan bases in America. And when it's rocking in there, does our team feel that? Hell yeah, they do. And when it's not, do they feel that? Hell yeah, they do. Yep. So, and I, I think it's another example. And I think you know we have to tell ourselves this uh, fairly regularly that social media is not real life all the time. And, and there's there's value in it. Obviously, we love it when uh, when you know we we interact with with readers and listeners on, on social media outlets, especially you know Twitter and Facebook. But uh, also, there's a segment of fans who maybe aren't as pumped up and juiced for a seven o'clock kick as uh, you know it it may seem because of social media. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know. I have I have some friends who work at restaurants and stuff on Campus Corner, and they say, you know, that economically it's great for business, but I think that still, so, like, the people, a lot of people in the stands at OU games get get tired. <laughs> yes, yes, they do, and there are quite a few of them getting tired on on Saturday. I, because, got, I got tired. I'm well, gonna... <laughs> yeah, 
Well, so did I, especially <laughs> after writing a story. Uh, you know, we won't go into the mechanics of how that story it was, got it was complicated. It was, it, was, it was complicated. Let's see. I'm working on one hand still. But, uh, you know, had a story pretty much written and then control A, delete <laughs> as the fourth quarter happens. And you've got to write a completely different story and have it ready to go eh, about 10 minutes after the game ended. I will say I didn't really get tired until until the post game pod. In game, in game, I was I was rolling, but ooh, post game pod. <laughs> yeah, it was. Can't wait! Uh, can't wait to do it again this weekend. Woohoo! I'll, although <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the difference, Abby. This week is this week we can do it in the car as we drive back. We can do it in so the car, so we don't have to just hang out at the stadium. So, um, this will be weird for me because I'm usually the guy who drives most of the time. Do I get to drive? I don't know. We'll see. Is Barry going to want to drive at midnight? My guess is you'll probably be able to drive. That's what I thought. Um, Mom and Dad, if anyway, you're listening, I promise not to speed. We'll uh, we'll hold you to that, Abby, for sure. <laughs> um, but. Um, we got a chance. We did get a chance to talk to Parnell Motley. Uh, well, we'll we'll get into. You didn't get I a did chance not. to talk to Parnell there. Motley uh, on on we'll Monday night. We'll, we'll get to why because it's interesting and and that'll pretty much be what our second segment is about today. But uh, the rest of us, Abby, <laughs> got a chance to talk to uh, Parnell Motley, and you know he's always always interesting, but uh, you know especially about the two-point conversion. It was interesting because we didn't get to hear from him after Saturday's game. I think uh, let's just uh, talk a little bit about what he had to say. I think obviously right at the gate came the the question about the two-point conversion play, and he's just said, you know, I'm thinking in my mind before the play, man, we didn't want to be in this position, but this is what it comes down to. So I just got myself together and thought, man, this is all you got right here. You've got to give it your all right here. Uh, bowed up and told myself, you have to be physical. You won't have a chance if you aren't physical. If you just let them run routes on air, then you might not have a chance. So I told myself, let's bow up and, and be physical. I was physical. He said, I kind of lost my leverage a little bit, but that disrupted the time of the route somehow. It did. Um, you know, He said he got a step on me. He said he had, had to play the eyes on the ball. Um you know, I, I just thought it's really interesting because, you know, physicality was such a part that was lacking for the Sooners for a big stretch of that game. And Alex Grinch even talked about this, especially the, the first couple drives of the second half. He said, you know, we flat out got out physical. But when it came down to it, and you can say that he should have been flagged or whatever, but when he came down to it, Parnell Motley made the play with physicality and uh, was just enough uh, to to help the Sooners eke out a win. That was quite that was quite the like pre-play pep talk he gave himself. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, and uh, the other thing um, is Parnell Motley used man a lot yesterday. Well, well, man, like sometimes <laughs> I don't know. And, and I say that as somebody who says man a lot. Yeah. Um, did he? <laughs> wow, I'm really going to show that I wasn't there. But 
did he, did anyone ask him about the interception he dropped earlier in the game? Yes. Um, and I will read that uh, for you because, yeah, Parnell Motley had an interception chance early in the game. Oh, oh you a had a couple of A much more obvious them. interception chance than yeah. still, like, the again, I, I think I said it in the postgame pod, but I've seen the replay and, like, the physics of how he intercepted, like, I, I just don't like he like rolled into that. Yeah, it's crazy that he came out with that interception and had the awareness to, to hold on to the ball. He um, didn't. He didn't need to. But yeah, probably I mean, if you hit like, it down. It's the same thing, which is, you know, one of the reasons it doesn't count as an interception. Because more, more fun that more fun that he caught. it. Yeah. Though. I mean, they got to raise their hands. And, you know, you also wonder if this is able to build any momentum as far mm-hmm. as creating those turnovers, take a little bit of the pressure off. But about that earlier one he just said uh he said he he thought he had it was right there on his shoulder that pass he said i'm thinking i had to find the ball when it was right on my shoulder and when he moved his hand it just dropped right there um and he sort of demonstrated for us you know how how it was against his shoulder he said you just have to expect the ball because at the end of the day they ain't throwing it to me uh, they're trying to throw it to him. So he said, you got to expect the ball and uh, come up with the turnovers, especially he, he called them gifted turnovers. He said that was a gift right there that, that you know Iowa State handed him up on a platter pretty much, and he wasn't able to, to come up with it. So um, OU has to find a way to finish those, though, because uh, they've had quite a few chances. Um and haven't been able to complete those. This is, as far as I can tell, it's the longest streak in OU history without a, a, a forced turnover. Yep. Wow, they ain't throwing to me. Great, great quote. <laughs> always, I've yep. always enjoyed talking to Parnell Motley. He's yeah. He'll, he'll he'll say some he'll say some good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I thought Parnell had some interesting things to say. Of course, Alex Grinch. Uh, you know, had some interesting to think say things to say too, talking about hey, they've got to start doing these things. It can't just be talk. They've got to go out and do them because if they don't, then this is who they are versus who they were the first seven games when all of us thought they were vastly improved. Now, uh, you know, I think one of the interesting questions that I have, and I started talking to them about this yesterday, and uh, it's something I'm looking. Uh, to address later in the week is does this focus on turnovers and Alex French has been so focused on turnovers does that uh, come at the cost of tackling because you know Kansas State the tackling wasn't awful they missed a couple but it wasn't just horrific last week it was you know pretty well awful and they've got to figure out a way to fix that and you wonder if this focus hyper focus on creating turnovers has led to being so focused on that that you don't think about the fundamentals of, of tackling. Yeah, and it's it's a question that's been asked a few times, well, multiple times. I know Barry talked about it last week on the podcast. My dad has asked me about it. Um, but, yeah, I think I think especially because turnovers are such a – kind of more of an uncontrollable statistic that I would think of the tackling would be where where they should try to place their focus now given that this bet on turnovers 
hasn't really worked out for them. Um, but yeah, I think it'll I think it'll be interesting to see, like you were saying in the beginning there, what happens this week because if you know if they if it doesn't if the defense doesn't turn around for a whole consistent game this week, then yeah, kind of are the are they the team that everyone said they were? the first seven games of the season or is this is this truly who they are and maybe they just played some easier opponents to start (laughs) yeah and we'll start figuring that out i think in in a big way on saturday but we're going to take a break here we're going to come back on the other side of the break to talk about a, a great story that abby wrote for for tuesday's oklahoman i'm your host ryan aber alongside abby bitterman from the oklahoman and this is the sooners extra podcast presented by zaxby's just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast brought to you by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here once again with Abby Bitterman. And uh, Abby, really wanted to uh, talk to you about uh, your Tuesday story, which sort of centers around something that we saw that sort of blew up on social media after Saturday night's game. And it, it had been, you know, viral on social media for, for a couple weeks, I guess, uh, before, but uh, obviously came to into much greater focus after Saturday's game, and that's uh, the story of Raiden Overbay, the uh, uh, young man from from UConn who had been bullied. Just a horrific video. It's uh, to me, it's hard to comprehend how people can treat other people that mm-hmm. way, as we saw in the video. And um, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if I can recommend going to watch it because it's. Uh, devastating it's it's yeah it's really hard in a lot of ways um to see somebody treat somebody like that but so much good has come out of that i think the the way that people uh you know really high profile people uh is it justin wren yes um the the mma fighter especially Mm -hmm. has been really at the center of this stand with raiden uh campaign and befriended the kid and and done some really cool things for him but just not only just raiding over bay but the the uh problem of bullying in general uh, you know the, the the focus that he's brought on it the focus that this this uh incident has brought on it has just been phenomenal and that extended to to saturday night's game yeah i think that you know I think that Jalen Hurts really said it, ba- it best when we asked him about that experience on Saturday when he just said, bullying sucks. It's not right. I think everybody has been bullied at some point. And then he added that, that Raiden has a friend in him. And, you know, I think that that's from talking to to uh, Raiden and his dad, Danny, and Jenny talked to Justin Wren. And, um, you know, bullying affects... A larger amount, like, I feel like sometimes people think that, you know, 
we had all these anti-bullying campaigns and so we we just fixed the problem of bullying and nobody gets bullied anymore but it's it's very much still a thing that continues to happen today all over um and so it's i think it's it's really nice that oklahoma did this because and they didn't Yes, they like tweeted it out afterwards, but they didn't publicize that he was coming or anything like this. They just yeah, it was very. They just kind of like, wanted to have. I don't think I knew that he was coming until I saw. I think Justin Wren's tweet. Yeah. That hey, I I got to the game with with my buddy. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, they just they just wanted you know to like have have it be a nice thing for him because OU there so the fam Raiden and his family they're from UConn. In, um, oh, sorry, uh, I was just gonna say you know we got to give a shout out here to clark stroud yes the, oh uh, yes uh, ou's director of uh football ops that uh was was instrumental in making mm-hmm. this this come together and, and get this kid because my understanding is that uh you know he really had to work to try to reach out to the Overbays and and to justin wren and to to make this happen it wasn't like you know he had a contact information for the guy or had an email address for the guy uh, just just had to work to he sent to him a letter out. is what danny <laughs> told me okay he said that he went to his mailbox like an actual handwritten letter i yeah i guess it, no i, it, I you know, no yes right. actually yeah. which i when he was telling me the story at, in my mind at first i was like a, le- a letter <laughs> like a physical <laughs> like i mean that's really cool though um but yeah uh the Sooners are um, Raiden and his family's favorite team, and and Clark Stroud found, like obviously saw this kid's story, found out about uh, how much he loves Oklahoma, and invited him and his family to the game. And it was um, Danny told me that it was Raiden's first time on campus ever, first time seeing the Sooners play in person, and he showed me a video of him watching uh, C.D. Lamb score. <laughs> Um, that first touchdown. He said C.D. Lamb was his favorite receiver. Yeah, and yeah, and he was just he was just so happy and excited, and like the smile on his face was from ear to ear. And so it was <laughs> it was awesome to get to see that and to get to sit down and talk with them. Um, you know, he uh, Raiden has has had to go through a lot. The bullying wasn't just those two videos. It's something that's been going on since he was eight. And he's about to turn 13 um, in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, so it's just um, to see the love and support that not just um, uh, Sooner fans and the team themselves, but um, people around the world have have uh, given this family and, and Raiden has been really cool to get to learn about the past few days. And I think especially powerful was... Lincoln Riley's um, uh, post-game speech where he incorporated Raiden. <laughs> you know, when uh, when Danny was talking about it, he said that it, it was like he took off his coaching hat for a minute and was just being a human. And I thought that that was the perfect a perfect way to describe it because I'd seen the video already. And yeah, he and if you haven't seen the video, please go and watch it. Yes, but he literally takes off his visor <laughs> and is talking about how, you know, um, we get caught up in this stuff a lot, the wins and losses, but, um, but there's something big, but he, he said, there's something bigger about what we can do here just as human beings. 
Um, and then he talked about, you know, Raiden and his story and how he loved and told his players that he loves watching them play. But then he turned around, turn it, turned it around and said that Raiden gives them inspiration too. And it was just, it's a very powerful video and a really cool moment for, for Raiden and his family after having gone through um, so much bad for so long. It's that it, they've um, been, a, and especially with a lot of help from Justin Wren and a lot of other people, they've been able to take, you know, this incredible negative in uh, Raiden's life and their and their whole family's life, really, and um, and turn it into a great positive and some incredible experiences for all of them. Tell us a little bit about how Raiden's doing, and you got to spend some time around him uh, on Monday night. You know how how is he doing after obviously what was a really traumatic experience of that video but and and not just talking about obviously the the love and outpouring of support that he's gotten but you know physically and, and everything else yeah i mean so and i wrote i wrote about i mentioned this in the story too that you know about a year ago raiden had um wrote on his arm that that he wanted to kill himself and you know his dad talked to me about that and how that was really hard for him to learn um but that that you know you can't help feeling how you feel but that Raiden is is happier now and that he's doing a lot better he has he has friends now and he knows that he has friends um and you know after about about the game he just when when I brought that up to him he was he was so happy um he said it was amazing uh he said that the best part was uh meeting the players and his favorite his favorite player um of all of them is Jalen Hurts and so that that moment when Jalen Hurts uh signed the game ball that Lincoln Riley gave to Raiden when Jalen Hurts signed the ball for him uh that was that was like one of the best moments for him because he just got to meet his favorite player and now he has a ball with his signature forever yeah and I thought it was really cool the way that Jalen Hurts reacted to him Mm -hmm. um even talked about him yesterday Mm -hmm. Monday um because that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of Jaden Hurts, you know, out there in that kind of way. We we saw it, you know, if you were follow Jalen Hurts at Alabama, he was very in, ingrained in the community there and, and did some of those things. Um, but uh, to to see that and to see the way that Raiden reacted to him and and he reacted to Raiden was just incredible. Um, yeah, you could you could tell on his face that you know it wasn't just. It wasn't just part of something that OU was doing, but that he truly like felt impacted by by meeting him. Yeah, and I also want to mention um, if you didn't see Abby's story in the Oklahoman, uh, I'm not. I'm sure it's also attached to the the online version. First of all, please go and read it. It's a fantastic read on uh, Raiden Overbay and and his family and and Oklahoma and the way they've embraced him. But uh, do want to mention that uh, Uterberg Chevy Chevy. Buick GMC is is matching every donation uh, this month to uh, a GoFundMe uh, set up for for Raiden. It's GoFundMe.com slash F slash Stand with Raiden R A Y D E N. You can go to there if you uh, make a donation. Like I said, up to ten thousand dollars 
Uteberg, uh, Chevy, Buick, GMC is matching that through its Uteberg Helps program. Really cool of them to do and mm-hmm. want to make sure that, uh, you know, if you, if you want to help, you can uh, find a way to do that. Yeah. Oh, and um, you asked me before uh, physically how Raiden is doing, and he um, he had some concussion issues beca- as a result of you know um, the bullying. But uh, he's he's getting he's getting better. And actually, after he gets after you know he gets cleared, well, let's say that let's. I, sorry. I, oh. Uh, that's more than bullying. Yeah. That's. Uh, it's tough, but mm-hmm. um, no, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's assault is what yeah. it is that we see on that video. But uh, no, I, you're absolutely I, right. I hope Raiden's doing mm-hmm. doing a whole lot better. Yep. But after after he you know gets cleared, um, he's gonna uh, another uh, another MMA fighter. Uh, I believe his name is Rafael Lovato. Uh, Yes, Rafael Lovato. Uh, he he has offered to um, you know uh, train Justin and not, sorry, Justin Wren is the other MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah, th- I think Justin's good on the training yeah, part. He's good. That was a slip of the tongue. Train Raiden and his younger brother Brock in just some um, some self defense techniques and invite him into their classes. Um, so just just another example of people reaching out to help their family. Yeah, very very cool. So uh, once again, please check out that story. Read read Abby's story on uh, on Stand with Raiden, um, and just a lot of the good that's coming out of of what is an awful situation. But we're going to take a break there. We're going to come back on the other side and actually talk a little bit about uh, a little football game Saturday down in Waco, Texas. But uh, you may have heard of it, uh, maybe just a little bit. But please don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store and the Google Podcast app. We really appreciate it. And thanks for tuning in each week. This is a Sooners Extra podcast presented by Zaxby's. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Sooners Extra Podcast presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with uh, Abby Betterman in a cold Oklahoman podcast studio. It's chilly. On uh, this Tuesday afternoon as we recorded. It's a cold uh, cold day outside the last couple days, but uh, supposedly going to be pretty warm on Saturday down in Waco, Texas. Yep. You'd think when, all the padding in the studio would, would make it warmer but or insulate it, but nope. No, not so much. But it's gonna be it's gonna be warm at McLean Stadium, you say? It uh, well warmer. Warmer. Uh, I haven't checked today, but last I heard it was uh, supposed to be around sixty degrees for uh, for the game. So much warmer than it is in this it's, uh, right now. If it's that, I will be happy. I was going through my phone to see if I had Waco and and one of my locations, which a lot of times I keep Big Twelve cities in there. I apparently have taken out Waco in favor of Ames. Oh, that's nice. Um, I just keep cities that my friends live in. 
But uh, Dallas, at least, says the high is going to be 59 on Saturday, so you would anticipate it being right around that, maybe a touch warmer. Down in Waco, probably be a little bit chillier by the time kickoff rolls around, but that's all right. That's what we expect in mid-November. But uh, let's talk about this game, Abby. And, and as of right now, um, we don't know where these teams are ranked. We'll be back. We'll talk about that, the rankings, a little bit more later in the week in the second uh, episode of the podcast for the week. But, um, you know, Oklahoma number nine, Baylor number 12 going into to last week's action. Both teams won, although both teams cool. had to pull off uh, squeakers. But this Baylor team, um, I'm not exactly sure what to think of them because, yes, they're 9-0. and uh, You know, they have not beaten a ranked opponent yet. They uh, – you know they beat they beat Oklahoma State, who wasn't ranked at the time, is now. Um, after after not doing anything, <laughs> they just they just yeah. they stayed home and they wound up at number twenty three. Yeah, well, well, to, to to be fair, I mean, a lot of other stuff I mean, happened, but well, there wasn't. A, I'm talking about the college football playoff ranking, the oh, CFP yes. ranking. I'm sorry, was I was talking about the AP poll. That they moved My in. bad. Well, yeah, it's uh, the time of year where we. Uh, as much as I love the AP poll, we start disregarding it, except for Sundays and Mondays and most of Tuesdays. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, but four days a week. If you're listening a, to this before the announcement week. on Tuesday, then the AP poll still matters. If you're listening to it after the announcement on Tuesday, check your CFP poll yeah. to see where they're ranked. Which you but, probably will be listening to this after this, because this is going to come out like... It'll, hopefully, maybe it'll come out right before. We're yeah. hoping. See how quickly we can get it up. But anyway, the point is, Baylor's schedule hasn't been extremely tough. You know, they beat Iowa State by two. Iowa State's a pretty good team. They beat Kansas State by 19. Oklahoma State by 18. They've got some uh, fairly quality wins, but they've got a lot of close ones too. They beat Rice by eight on the road. Like I said, Iowa State by two. Uh Texas Tech by three, West Virginia by three, and then TCU by six, and that was a, an overtime game. So um, Baylor's just been sort of living right recently. Yeah, and I mean, gosh, with with how close OU has has I mean lost one and then came came within two points of losing another one uh, on uh, this past Saturday with the way with how close these two teams have been playing their opponents lately and how down to the wire it's been coming. We're in for an interesting one, I would think. Yeah, I would think so. I would, would anticipate this game being close. I think uh, you know, Baylor's offense has been a little bit dormant over the last couple of games that you know, they scored uh, uh got what was it? Two regulation touchdowns against uh against West Virginia a couple weeks ago in a 17-14 win. You know, on Saturday against TCU, they didn't score any touchdowns in regulation, and then uh, then finally sort of took the lid off in overtime as they score the three touchdowns, two by Denzel Mims in the second, and third overtime. So, um, you know, Baylor's offense has been really good at times. They scored sixty three early in the season against UTSA. They scored forty five against Oklahoma State, um, but. They've also disappeared at times, which makes you wonder about Oklahoma's defense. Are they able to, uh, you know, put the lid back on, or is it one of those things where they break out? Baylor breaks out because they're facing an Oklahoma defense 
that struggled quite a bit, especially with tackling uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, I still I still can't go over the fact that the Baylor's undefeated. I mean, two years ago they had one win, right? And but also two years yeah, ago, Baylor, how Baylor's, many Baylor's first season? Um, they were one and eleven under Matt Rule, and uh, they still gave OU a heck of yep. a game. It was, was forty nine to, to forty one that last uh, last Oklahoma visit down to McLean Stadium, which was crazy. Um, if you remember, that was the game where Abdul Adams had the 99-yard run. Um, they also had a, a big day, I believe, from Trey Sermon. Yeah, Trey Sermon, 148 yards, two touchdowns in that game. Of course, Trey Sermon out for the season with, uh, with an injury. We found out yesterday uh, Abdul Adams had 164 yards and a touchdown. Of course, Abdul Adams now playing for Syracuse. So there's not a whole lot of players from that team that uh, are, are still making an impact on this one. Uh, CeeDee Lamb was one of them who had 68 yards receiving in that game. Let's see, look at the defense. Kenneth Murray still around. Marquez Overton. Um, and Parnell Motley played a little bit of a role in that game. Neville Gallimore uh, had a little bit. But, uh, Trey Brown actually had a tackle in that game. But... Um, but but yeah, even when Baylor has been down, they've still been able to put up a whole lot of points on on OU, and obviously now they're uh, they're not down at all. I wonder what it says about us that you remember that game as the game that Abdul Adams had a had a big rushing day, and I remember it as the game that Baker Mayfield. Uh, said "Who's your daddy?" when trash talking Baylor well, beforehand, uh, and it got caught on video. Let me say this. This is why I remember the Abdul Adams aspect to that. I wrote a story all about Abdul Adams' 99-yard run. Like, I wrote ah. a complete story on one run. It was the longest run in OU history, obviously, because you can't do a yard, uh, run longer than 99 yards. So I broke down, like, every piece of that run and w- how it, it came together. And I think I watched that play, like, 72 times. Well, then, yeah, I think that'd be why you remember it. Because I had to watch it for every player that was on the field, what they did, um, and, and how each of those pieces put together for, for the longest run in OU history. So it was uh, uh, interesting, but, uh, I mean, and Baker Mayfield's antics sort of Yeah, I, I, I always the, had uh, to blog Baker Mayfield's <laughs> antics uh, when, I, when he was still playing and I was at the Daily, so... I, I, I remember every game from 2017 by what Baker Mayfield did off like outside <laughs> outside of the um, on the field stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't even want to call it off the field because like far off the field, he's had worse <laughs> antics, but kind of outside the outside the bounds of the yeah. field. Yeah, we saw in Kansas with the uh, grab hern around the world. Yep. That we saw the best. And, the best part of that, and what I'll remember for forever, is when Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World asked if crotch grab was AP style, and somebody <laughs> yelled back, "Clear crotch grab, can't call it anything else." I believe that someone was Jenny Carlson, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that sounds right, actually. <laughs> so oh uh, we'll see. Hopefully, nothing like that happens on Saturday. We're just talking about football. What if Jalen hurts? I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to do anything like that, Abby. 
Let's. I'll just say that as it much. It would be now, so out of character, but like <laughs> that would just make it even more insane. You know. I will say this. You know, it, it's interesting because Baylor, Oklahoma, and Abby, you weren't around for a lot of this, but it had become sort of the Big 12's budding rivalry for for a few years when Art Browse was there. Mm-hmm. As as Baylor got so much better, you know, these teams met as ranked opponents. Uh, four consecutive times from uh, you know uh, what 2013 to 2016 they uh, you know five out of six times um, they have never met um, as top 10 opponents so that could be interesting because in 2014 when uh, well really 2013 14 and 15 Baylor was top 10 in each of those meetings OU wasn't top 10 and uh, they were just outside at, at number 12. So we'll see what the rankings look like uh, Tuesday night to see if this is the first ever top 10 meet, meeting between the schools. But what I was saying is this this had sort of turned into a, a, a really good rivalry in this league. A lot of hate on the OU side especially. I'm not going to speak for the Baylor side, but uh, I, I know on OU there was some uh, – you know, thought about the way Baylor had gone about things, which, you know, turns out that was sort of valid. Yeah. Um, now, I think things under Matt Rule are a whole lot different. I think it's it's a whole lot easier to get behind Matt Rule and what he's doing down there in Waco than it was uh, than it was Art Bryles for a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if this turns into a, a rivalry again. And if this this becomes one of those games that you circle every year in the Big Twelve, yeah, and you know, even even it, even if it doesn't end up being a um, meeting, uh, the first time the two teams have met as top ten teams, it'll still be uh, a bigger game because whenever I think of it, uh, since Saturday I've had the lyrics to Big and Rich is coming to your city <laughs> stuck in my head because College Game Day is going to be there. City. You gotta pronounce it with the AY sound. I'm sorry. I just I I love a good game day sign. I'm excited to see what what people come up <laughs> with. I love the memes. Give me all the sign memes. <laughs> Alright, well we'll see some uh good ones uh down there on Saturday, I'm sure, but we're gonna be back before then with another episode of the Sooners Extra Podcast. We're gonna uh wrap it up there, but thank you so much. Uh, for joining us on the Sooners Extra podcast from the Oklahoma. You can drop us a line. You can reach out to me on uh, email, R-A-B-E-R at Oklahoman.com. That's R-A-B-E-R at Oklahoman.com. And on Twitter, at R-Y-A-B-E-R. Abby? Uh, at Abby underscore Bitterman on Twitter. And as always, a Bitterman at Oklahoman.com. So thank you so much. Uh, the Sooners Extra podcast is presented each week by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. You can check out our work every day at oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere.